0: Hello and welcome to the Double radio Radio Gamescast. As always, I'm your host Ryan. Today I'm joined by my lovely cohort of co-hosts, Brett. Hello. Wyatt.
1: I think we start by dancing now because we can hear the song because it starts the day off in a good mood. Yeah, you know? and
0: Alex. Hi,
2: I don't have anything crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. to say.
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's okay on a day Yet. like this. Uh yeah. exactly what we predicted last week happened. So, it's episode number 105.
1: <laughs> we were now, like, now we're not saying, <laughs> we're not saying we're geniuses. We're just heavily implying that we yeah.
0: are. Yeah. <laughs> and the, maybe a little bit of precognition goes in there, you know. It's the, a bit of black <laughs> magic. So,
1: <laughs> uh, a little a little bit.
0: We we said, "All right. We know the PlayStation Plus stuff is probably going to be announced this week according to Bloomberg. So, it's probably going to happen." the day the podcast goes live, like an hour beforehand. That's exactly what happened. So we're going to talk about that this time. We're going to get that discussion done with first. Because, in I don't know if it's bigger news, but I think news that has more things we can spiral a discussion off into. uh, E3 is also cancelled. Flat out, this year. No digital E3, no event. So, that's going to spiral us into a few different topics. But I, I think first of all, let's get this discussion about playstation plus and its new coming structure done with now we had suggested a couple of things for playstation plus i think the obvious thing that everyone was uh hoping for in terms of not just us but in general game audience people were wanting sony exclusive titles day one right do the day one game pass thing not happening the one thing we said yeah not happening oh.
1: all of the things that we thought they should do they did almost none of them
0: now i do <laughs> want to clarify this is a thing that bloomberg did report and jason Troy reported two months ago this was not going to happen he was like this is the playstation plus thing is going to be maybe advertised as a, as a competitor but it is not functionally going to be a competitor to game pass that's what happened uh it is a similar price, which is maybe a little bit sketchy in some yeah. degree. And it's not a
2: competitor. It's so, just
0: bad. Your basic PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Plus Essential, is exactly what PlayStation Plus is now. So this is the normal PlayStation Plus tier, $10 a month, uh $60 for a year. This is like it's a bad deal at $10 a month. At $60 a year, I think it's a lot more reasonable. It's about five bucks. Mm-hmm. So with that, it's fine, you know? You're getting your two games a month, you're getting your discounts, you're getting your, your PlayStation Plus collection if you have a PS5. So, you're, getting, you're still getting a lot of games and whatnot, it's just not providing the day one titles that you would want. Now, let's see what Sony has decided to do to bump the value of that up to $15 a month or $100 a year. So even if you're going yearly, this is an extra $40, bucks. All right? This adds a catalog of 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games. Most including, enjoyable
2: according to who?
0: Mm. Definitely Sony, and probably the people paying, or that are cheap enough to be on the service. So, uh, PS4 and PS5 games includes blockbuster hits from PlayStation Studios, Catalog, and third party partners. This is the tier you'd expect to have the day one games, right? This is your Mm-hmm. Competing with game pass ultimate now, right, which is a pretty good deal, all things considered, even yeah, just comparatively at fifteen dollars a month you you get so much with it, so much with it. Uh, then you have this, so we don't know what games are going to be in this. We have no indication of that. It says four hundred, that's a big number of games. They might Not a good suck.
3: incentive to buy it <laughs> yeah. I mean, because how many, how many games does Game Pass have on it right now? It's over 500, right? Is, are they at 1,000? It's 000? a sizable
0: yeah. amount. But I oh, think that, wow. I want to say the key thing with Game Pass is that when a Xbox first-party title is released, you expect it to be on Game Pass for the foreseeable future, right? Yes. It's essentially a guaranteed you have access to this game for as long as you are paying for your Game Pass subscription which yeah. uh, works the same way as playstation plus does right where you as long as you are paying for your subscription you have access to wh- whatever games you have gotten through the two to a month thing that they do
3: yeah so I, I'm, I'm i bring up i bring up that amount because yeah. i i'm i used to be a lot pickier i'm a lot less picky with what games i want to play now but the even in game pass like i look around and i just go I don't really want to play any of these right now. I just kind of, I have the ones that I want from it and I don't really want to, I'm just going to wait for this new yep. one to come that's supposed to come in the middle of the month. I don't know. And they have that a substantial number larger uh, of games than what Sony is planning because, I mean, Game Pass also has EA Play and all of those EA games added in. Um, also, before we get to any of the other tiers, I know Game Pass also has like, like, a couple months of, like, Spotify Premium. Yeah, if yeah, like Ultimate, you have Game Pass Ultimate, you do
0: get, like, three months of various subscription services just kind of randomly. They'll just toss them out. They don't like do that, that with, with the Sony one, do they? Oh, God, they no, of they no, of course they wouldn't. They're not.
2: too self-absorbed.
0: Hmm. <laughs> it's also, oh, I do have to wonder how often they get used, though. That That is one of the benefits that I think probably doesn't there's... affect a lot of people. Hey, I, I use
2: the um, the 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 Hulu Disney Plus thingy, uh, not not ESPN because I'm I'm not a sport boy, but the other two yeah. came in handy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing too, right? Because cause I'm I'm experiencing a similar thing to to Brett, where there's there's a lot of games on Game Pass, but obviously not every single one of those games is something that I necessarily want to play. But there's gonna be plenty of people that either already own game pass or may own game pass at some point in the future that will want to play those games that I don't that I'm not really interested in like with that many games at this point they're covering all their bases in terms of like mm-hmm. genres and and that especially sort of with thing indies and whatnot, they have right? a, game Pass has oh, yeah. so a, many Indies oh it's, it's the indie it's Haven a, yeah it's 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 a great it's a great place for that and you know it, it definitely seems like PlayStation wants something a bit more curated a bit more specific but I feel like if this is their answer to game pass or something like yeah their own if you're version going curated that,
0: and specific you gotta have those first party titles there and nothing not i'll just say this,
2: 400 games
0: yeah nothing in this leads me to believe that so i do wonder how much of this is them gauging interest and like gauging public reception because they haven't committed to a lot of things with this right they haven't directly said it's going to be for day one. They haven't directly said it's not going to be day one. I doubt it will be. I think the plan as of now is absolutely to not do that. But I think there's a small chance some, some ideas change based on the public perception of this. It's just the kind of thing where I, I don't know if they're going to push that hard for people to get the extra $5 a month for this, right? Yeah. Like I don't know if that's a big enough amount of money for them to really consider putting these titles day one, especially when, like, you've already got to own a PlayStation console, what else are you going to own it for if not to play those PS-exclusive titles, right? Mm-hmm. So
1: it Also, the, the other thing that this shows me, too, is that I don't know why Sony is banking so hard on PlayStation now when it just feels like it's a service that doesn't... It's not what people want, right? Like, ps well, It is what titles, people want,
0: but it's streaming.
1: That's what yes. I'm saying, is that people, people want something that isn't streaming yep like i i don't understand why they're they're putting so many eggs in this ps now basket when just i don't know a whole lot of people Oh, importantly the playstation or... plus extra
0: doesn't include ps now you don't get those no. with this no. you just get this 400 catalog of titles that nobody knows and ha- we have no indication of if it's going to be worth it or not and let me tell you right now i think we're going to see a lot of Persona 5 is going to be on this list instead of Persona 5 Royal, right? We're going to get things that are the inferior Stop giving version. them ideas. <laughs> <laughs> they already did that, right? That Persona 5 God. is in the PlayStation oh. collection. Persona 5 Royal, which is the better game in every way, is not. Because presumably they wanted to sell copies of it. So I, just, I get confused with this where I'm just like, I don't see the value here. Uh, until we get hard numbers on what this is and especially how many titles are going to be like added from it. And if things are going to get removed repeatedly, because with game pass, Mm -hmm. it's less of a hard pill to swallow because generally things are on it for like a year minimum, right? Yeah. You generally have a good amount of time to to
1: play something that interests you with this. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And the reason, and the reason that, that PS now confuses me so much is that another thing that we, we're thinking, like, if they're, if they're doing this, like, Game pass service, the thing they need is PS3 titles. Not streamed! We want it downloaded on our consoles, ready to play. It's not even
0: right? necessarily just PS3, right? If I could at least download a lot of the PS2 and PS1 titles that you know are already emulatable very easily, mm-hmm. uh, I would at least be less unsatisfied than I am right now, right? But instead, we, we don't get any of that. So, moving up to Not PlayStation Plus Premium. <clears throat> this is the big ticket item. nineteen or $18 a month. So, $3 increase over the last tier. You get 340 additional games, which are PS3 games via cloud streaming. Oh, okay. I'm going to eat some of my words here, because catalogable of classic games available both in streaming and download options. So, Sounds like PS2, PS1, and PSP games are possibly downloadable. Uh, Streaming is only the PS3 games, but man, I want to play Metal Gear and have it play well. That's not going to happen. I
1: I can
3: run Metal Gear Solid 4 and Demon Souls PS3 on my laptop, probably. And the PS5 is more powerful than my laptop. There is no excuse that a multi-billion-dollar company could not figure out a way to make that work, and it's kind of weird that they didn't even say that it's like coming. Like they just—they're not even trying. Like, yeah. If this is—if this is testing the waters, this is like—it's like barely even testing the waters. Like, yeah, obviously people want to play the PS3 games. Pooping in the hot tub. And this and is then also essentially the in
0: that includes everything in PlayStation Now as of right now. As well as anyone that has PlayStation Now when this service launches will get this tier with whatever time they have remaining. So Mm -hmm. this is the kind of transfer service from PlayStation Now. Still, I mean, this is really a question of is the cloud streaming good enough? Because I I will give them the benefit where PlayStation cloud streaming, from what I've used of it, has worked better for me. Than any of the other cloud streaming options when I'm using like a PlayStation console. Because I used to play, I would play a lot of PS4 games on my Vita from cloud streaming. There was a the thing I used to be able to do, and it worked relatively well. Um, well enough that I could play most games I wanted to by doing that. So I wonder if it's going to work well. Because I think a lot of that is just the low capacity of users for it, just yeah. making it I easier was, to handle. I
2: remember. I was trying to figure out how to do that with my Uncharted games a while back, and I could never figure out how to get it to
0: work. Oh, yeah, with the Vita, Vita. It's just, you, you just hit a button, and it, like, and what launches Vita? your PS4. Wait, where are the Vita games? <laughs> where nowhere. are the Vita games? They so, don't
3: mention them at all. <laughs> they don't exist.
0: What Vita? Sony, Sony Vita dropped the console? Vita
1: so hard. It's I know. so I sad. have to
0: wonder if the, the lack dropped of Vita like support here is mostly just them not knowing what to do. Because I have to assume a lot of Vita games probably have weird licensing because it was primarily Japanese games that were on that mm. system and primarily games that were, like, music-related or something. So I imagine a lot of things have probably had licensing issues. Um of 4 Golden now, you can get that on PS- PC infinitely better than streaming it onto your Vita. So and, I I wonder.
1: And the other uh, thing, too, is, like, it's, it's good to hear that it seems like PS Now... um seems to be uh, like a like a streaming service that, like you said, works relatively well, but there's always that issue- It's still a streaming cloud service. cloud streaming. It's still a streaming service, which means it's really restricted on your internet access and where you live. So there's still gonna yep. be plenty, even if it's a service that like, okay, maybe input lag is like to a minimum for this sort of thing, you know, it the, the game still looks well, still looks good, even if you're streaming, it doesn't matter because there's still gonna be so many people where it's just not, they're not going to be able to take advantage of that. And, you know, yep. it's its just weird that they're, again, they're putting so many eggs in that basket when it comes to PS3 games, and I just think it's the wrong move yeah. here.
0: Just a rough your, call.
2: Y- yeah. Your your musical game comment reminded me that I want a new Rhythm Heaven for the Switch.
0: Oh, we all do.
2: Or even just, just, just a port over.
0: <laughs> yeah, and not to forget the best part about this tier of PlayStation Plus Premium, you can get time-limited game trials that are going to be offered in this tier. What? Try select games before you buy.
3: You know, like that free thing that everywhere else has? The <laughs> thing that you could do for free, depending on the game?
2: You know, like a demo? Ooh!
3: Like, like a
1: demo. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh! Very
0: extra for that
1: shiny. shiny. <laughs> uh,
0: this is the same. See, at least with EA Play, right? the The game trial thing is a, a like tertiary benefit, right? Mm-hmm. That actually gets some use because that you get enough stuff on the basic thing of EA Play that you don't need this
1: let's let's not even mention there's when you're when you're looking through like the Nintendo eShop there's literally a filter where you can look at just games that have demos attached to them and it's a giant list of games where it's like oh it's this like near looks every cool.
0: first party Nintendo you game know? has a demo yeah i just played the Kirby demo it was great you know so i just got to wonder what the benefit of doing this is right i i think it's just meant to be this little tempting thing of oh maybe You don't know that next God of War is going to be good, do you? Of course, we know it's going to be good. (laughs) I don't need to play a couple hours of the game to know it's going to be good. (laughs) This is a worthless thing added onto this. That's that's
2: for the people who go like, oh, I don't know, I don't want to play this game. They reuse the boat entering animation. (laughs) It's (laughs) ruined.
0: Where they get you? What 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 the psychological trick they're playing here, right? Is that you're going to go, oh, I'm already paying ten dollars, fifteen dollars for this other version why don't i just pay the extra three to get Mm -hmm. this tier because you're no longer looking at it as an 18 dollar tier of things you're looking at it as oh it's three dollars on top of what i have still not good (laughs) it's still not worth it so i have to wonder how this is gonna do i think it's gonna do plenty well just because I, i think a lot of people just don't have this amount of money doesn't make enough difference to them to where they're going to be like, oh, I, I can't afford to do this, right? I think there will be people who don't, but I think a lot of those people probably aren't paying for PlayStation Plus already. And so, they're not... Sony's not losing anything, right? So I wonder how this is going to look. It's just it's, just it's weird. Really weird. It's hard to compare these because they're not directly competing with Game Pass in the way that we expected them to, or not necessarily expected, <laughs> but wanted them to. So... I wonder how this works out in the long run.
1: The other thing too, like let's cast game pass aside for a second. It's a shadow that looms large over this entire thing. Right. But let's put it aside for a second. Let's say game pass isn't a thing. And then this still happens. Right. It's still not like impressive. It's still not anything that's going to grab anyone's attention. Even if game pass wasn't a thing because it's, it's it's kind of adding features that are just like that just elicit kind of a shrug for most people yeah like even yeah, yeah. if there was no game pass it would still just be as unimpressive i think
2: <laughs> they
0: almost have like the value these reaction. tiers inverted right to where i think mm-hmm. if you wanted people to pay more money for this swap the premium and extra tiers and have the extra tier uh have the older games because that that's the kind of thing that like people like Brett and i probably would jump for right if they had a good list of titles there we're like, I love yeah. PS2 games. I, I will happily pay $5 a month to play some PS2 games, right? Um, I don't want to pay $8 a month for it. <laughs> no. And it's also...
3: I don't... In, in, a, in a perfect world, in a, in a uh, world with a possibly green and gray background, uh, I don't have to pay a subscription to play the older games, I can put in my disc that I own yep. for Call of Duty world at war into the thing, and it'll come up on the screen and i don't have to I don't have to pay five dollars a game I can put that. in
0: my disc for cameo back from the rare days and it plays man <laughs> <laughs> even let's let's go back even wonderful. further.
3: I can put in my disc for Final Fantasy seven into the p s two and it'll play and there wasn't an
0: opportunity to buy but anything i still extra. got i've still got a fat ps3 i can just put anything into that and it'll run that's a launch ps3 that's still working why do i need this what is this for you mean you didn't who is this you don't I, have to
3: pay a subscription for for servers that in 40 years might not be around anymore and you'll lose the ability right, to play it, those games years, forever 40 years they'll not be around
0: anymore <laughs> I do not give that amount of time.
1: You're giving a lot of leeway, Brett. That's a yeah, lot I of leeway. I said they wouldn't be around. I said they wouldn't yes. be around.
0: <laughs> yeah, I this is just such a, a strange bundle of things, right? This feels like a Nintendo move, in all honesty. This this reads like the Nintendo Switch expansion pack to me. Yeah. Where it's, it's just a bunch of extraneous things, right? In
2: in light of recent actions, this feels more like a Konami move.
0: I wouldn't put it that low. That That's that's too mm. low. <laughs> well, they're I not mean, trying to make a pachinko, pachinko machine out of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. They're... they're still <laughs> making
1: quality games at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Are, yeah, Konami
0: is not making anything. I think functionally, what the effect this is going to have is All it's just going to do nothing, right? Most people are just going to stay on the same tier they have. Because and... it's not giving you the day one benefit. I think the negative person in me goes, okay, well, if they're not putting them on day one, but they are putting them on like six months after, well, I'm just not going to buy any Sony titles yeah. day one anymore. So at that yeah. point, they're hurting themselves. So yeah. what is the idea here is I think the, the real question, and we'll see. Uh, this is scheduled to launch in June. So I think by then we'll have a better idea of what this actually looks like and likely a list of games that are in these tiers. hope (laughs) you would hope so (laughs) weird i mean we definitely will by the time these launch right so it's just a a question mark of if it's worth it to you right i I think if you have a lot of disposable disposable income this is not a, a big issue but for a general gamer audience right this is the kind of thing where if you're looking at getting a playstation console or getting a xbox xbox is a much better value proposition right now right 'Cause you can get an Xbox Series S and Game Pass and you're set. You you got plenty of games to play basically forever. So
1: We're at we're at a point in time now where unless you're someone like me that's really attached to those Sony properties, there's kind of no reason to get a PS five because you can you can get you can buy into this Microsoft Xbox ecosystem and get way more out of it in the long run. Unless you're like
0: me out. and really like triggers that click. <laughs> 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 i see that like but a you're giving
1: up a lot you're giving up a lot for
0: i like that dual sense controller
1: <laughs> my my, my mm, point my point still differential is that, yep. i feel like i feel like yeah if you're not attached to those sony properties there's really no reason to get a ps5 over investing in the xbox ecosystem i think that's just how it is now and there's nothing wrong with that like again they make good exclusives yeah. and if you're like me you're really into those it's a great that's kind of how
0: hard. sony has always treated themselves right is it they're more of a exclusive developer at this point than necessarily yeah. a hardware company i think because they, their hardware sells well because of the fact that they have good software it's very nintendo in that they're selling it based on the titles that they have yeah. so
1: which is not to say that they have bad hardware it's just it's it's there to make sure yeah, that the, the selling point of
0: the hardware, hardware is you can play the sony games yeah. on it right Whereas the selling point of the Xbox is, oh, I can play all of these Game Pass games on it.
1: And I can play with all of my buddies that are part of the PC Master Race.
0: Yeah. All right. So there's a couple other minor news things that happened this week I want to touch on, specifically one that has made headlines today. Because this, to me, is just a confusing thing for, some, for games Radar to write an article on. Oh, Tales dear. of Arise, dev says there are no plans for Direct Sequel. It doesn't list the developer in the title, which is Bandai Namco. This is very reminiscent of another story that went out this week of an Elden Ring producer is talk- in talks with Brandon Sanderson, who's another fantasy author like George R.R. Martin. Just call them Bandai Namco. <laughs> am, I, Why? am I crazy? <laughs> they're
4: they're a big name
0: in games, right? You don't need to go Elden Ring's or Elden Ring's producer I don't know, it's a weird a weird thing. But the reason I wanted to call out this article specifically, Tales games don't generally get sequels. If they do, people usually don't yeah, like if them If they do, all. they're usually bad. <laughs> yeah. And what really surprised me with this is I, I checked my newsfeed this morning, and this is like the top of everything. What?
3: I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought nobody cared when that game Ooh. even came out. <laughs>
0: i think
2: that's your select news bubble right
0: that's so weird look i i might be but i gotta bring up why is this the top of everything today after we just had e3 get cancelled it's just a very confusing thing to me that this is what has been plastered everywhere (laughs) over the last two days i
3: wonder i wonder if arise just brought in like enough new people that Didn't know that. That's just usually how the entire rest of the franchise works, and they're just like, "Oh, what do you mean? There's not more. I can't just, I can't just jump in anywhere." Play Rise
2: Two.
0: Rise Two, Arisen More.
2: Rise Two, Greater Things. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Stupid.
0: Now there there is some more disappointing news this week. Scott Bennett, Benny, uh, the original Fallout writer day Minnie, I think it's pronounced. That could be totally wrong though. is uh, one of the original fallout writers, the person responsible for naming dogmeat passed away recently. It's a shame. The uh, creator of Coffee Talk also passed away very recently, which is an excellent little indie game. It's been a rough week for, for some game developers, so a lot of love out to those people.: All right. you yeah. know.
4: We got some good news, though. Oh? E3's cancelled. No.
0: (laughs) I mean, depending (laughs) on your perspective, E3 cancelled is is good news. Uh, We'll get to that. Capcom has raised all employee salaries by 30%.
4: Nice. We're getting that bump.
0: Uh, This is following in the wake of Bandai Namco doing the uh, raises for everyone at FromSoft based on Elden Ring's performance. So getting some nice improvements in terms of payment because especially in japan devs are often very yeah. underpaid so good to see capcom's doing that mm-hmm. i wanted to start leave with that a,
1: hopefully yeah. it becomes a wider industry trend but yes i, guess we'll, I wanted we'll to leave with happen.
0: that because the next bit of news i think is very disappointing for everyone oh no oh. a simple youtube video released on nintendo's channel this week titled launch timing update for the sequel to legend of zelda breath of the wild it's a delay <laughs> breath of the wild yeah. 2 is delayed till 2023 um oh, early 2023 from the looks of course we didn't necessarily have confirmation it was coming in 2022 we had like a there will be more information in 2022 but i do not believe we had an actual date there was more
2: information
0: in 2022 <laughs> there was more information it's getting delayed <laughs> uh we did get some cool tidbits here about some some little teasers for what else to expect in the game you saw like there's a destroyed master sword that's all corrupted it looked really cool some some fun Ooh. stuff in this trailer but it's only a few seconds of new footage they did say this is a, link- an ambitious sequel that we're getting what though. did link do with the master sword that got it all
2: screwed up he
3: dropped
0: Look, it he dropped <laughs> it and it just broke <laughs> It, so he yeah, got listen,
2: some
3: those, goo on it. Breath of the Wild weapons, they just, they break so easily. He they didn't, finally really gave the Master
2: Sword it. durability. Oh, yeah. no. So when
1: this when this announcement came out, I, I think I posed a question in our general chat. I asked, how many delays can a game get before you become concerned?
2: Uh, how many did Cyberpunk <laughs> get? <laughs>
0: about that amount minus like <laughs> Yeah, two. around that amount. I yeah. think it's a good number. Uh I think the real answer is around the amount that Breath of the Wild got delayed. Breath of the Wild was delayed for like ten years almost. It was Really? Like, yeah, it was announced in like wow. twenty I wanna say around like twenty twelve as oh, like a Wii U wow. exclusive thing.
2: That's insane. I had no idea it was that. Oh and then yeah. it came
1: wow. out and then it came out and it you know. Wait,
0: what year did Breath of the Wild come out? Uh, 2017.
1: Twenty
0: so, seventeen. So not
1: early, super early long.
0: But a long enough to like six-year development cycle for a Zelda game is, is unusual. So mm-hmm. we're following pace with that because it's going to be six years. In <laughs> 2023 <laughs> from Breath of the Wild 1. So yeah, we're following pace. Uh, hopefully it, it comes out and is okay. I, I doubt they're going to mess it up fantastically because Nintendo is typically on point with these things Mm -hmm. so let's hope they are they very
1: rarely come out with games in like a cyberpunk type of situation where it's clearly unfinished and buggy that rarely I feel like happens with Nintendo games so
0: yeah it's not not a usual occurrence time for the big boy piece of news E3 digital 2022 is cancelled ESA is not going to be doing any E3 events this year uh it had already been in i believe january confirmed that it was going to be a digital event now it's nothing there is no e3 i want to get immediate reactions to this from everyone what is your you hear this headline what is the first couple of things that run through your head with e3 um, being canceled
1: i under- i understand that e3 can be filled with lies it can be very <laughs> goofy and uncomfortable sometimes but goddamn it, E three is so much fun, and the one time it wasn't there, I really missed it, and I was so glad to see it back last year. And it, I think, it's a sad thing overall because it's a time for for people to just be excited, and and I think yeah. I think there's a lot of like giddiness. It's almost like like Christmas. It's like you're running down to the Christmas tree, you know, Christmas morning, and that's the feeling you get. And I'm I am sad that it's gone.
2: Oh, I have a very different opinion. <laughs> That's a very different opinion. <laughs> I think was just That's like, why we want uh, to do
3: this
0: as a topic.
2: Um, just, just, just a mental shrug, and I'll, I'll get my gaming information and updates and news elsewhere.
0: All right, valid, valid thought to have.
2: Yeah. I, it never really left a big impression on me, though. I, I never went to the physical thing. Um, it's like.
3: When you're when you're writing you're filling out spaces on like a like an official document or something and all you have is a pen and it's like, oh, I, I messed up. I wrote in the wrong spot or I have a pen. I can't can I just have a new document? And then you really don't feel anything that you don't you, you have to just write on a different document. It's just give it like literally like two weeks away from where E3 would have taken place, we're gonna get like the future games show or the PC game show, and it's gonna literally be the same amount of information at um, a later date than usual. So, Brett, I think. Oh, go in, ahead, Alex.
2: In in the article that that I saw, I think they said that the team. There, at least someone, uh, who they interviewed said that the team was working on getting it back to a physical. Yeah. So um, thing next, like it was all all hands on deck yeah. for the for the replanning of the physical event. But I.
0: The important thing is to take that with a grain of salt because the ESA is notoriously very flaky. So. We don't know if E3 is coming back. Uh, there's, the way they have framed this announcement is that they plan to come back next year. I think the real proof here is going <laughs> to oh. be how does Summer go without E3, right? Probably fine. Smoothly. So my like main thought on this, and, and this is why I, I'm in between Brett and Wyatt, right? Because I think if Brett is correct and we get a new document, We get a new piece of paper with Jeff Keighley's name on it that says Summer (laughs) Game Fest. One week-long event. We've tried to schedule as many press conferences, and it's just E3 2.0. I'm in for that. That, to me, is more exciting because it's run by a less corporate entity, I think. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think from the year that E3 was fully canceled at the start of the pandemic and just, like, basically didn't happen at all. There was a digital event that was just really bad we had a major like lack of anything in that summer, and it just felt really disappointing to have like that week that would normally be a concentrated week of interesting announcements, cool things, studios showing off all these neat ideas that they've been playing with. And that, to me, is what I will miss if E3 does not come back next year, if there's not an event to replace it this year, is really just the condensing of everything. Because like, I think, regardless, we're still going to get quote unquote Nintendo directs from every company under the sun that wants to do one, right? We're missing the stage presence. We're missing the the bombasticness. The crazy I wanna see just cause have a five minute dance routine at the start of a conference that I'm gonna rate poorly afterwards because to me that is fun. It, it's a
1: fun you mean t- just dance <laughs> Never mind. It doesn't matter. Everyone <laughs> knew what you're talking
0: about. Just dance. You know just dance? Every Ubisoft conference yeah. they do has a five minute just dance routine
1: no i know you said just it doesn't matter you said just, said just
0: cause, cause. Okay. that that might must have been some weird i look if just oh, cause yeah, has a five minute dance routine I'm down. far more in, interested i'm down that to me okay now i'm gonna be disappointed if just cause five is not revealed with a dance party <laughs> oh
2: we, we missed out on a giant massive opportunity uh dying light to stay grooving
0: that'd be pretty good yeah, I, I just think it's going to be like, we're going to have that empty feeling of the summer where I think a lot of companies are just going to kind of fade into the background and we're not going to hear anything for multiple years at a time. And I'm just going to be like, what are you doing? What, what's going we're on? We're
2: working, I think- leave us alone. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I th- I, th- I honestly, you say that as a joke, but I, th- I think honestly, like we're working, leave us alone. I, this is probably I don't know if if we were planning a, a, a segue this soon, but this could no. possibly segue into what else we were talking about. But like, with overhyping games and stuff, one of the huge parts about that is de- these devs, they don't shut up. Let's just keep it a secret until it's ready to come out in like yep. a couple of months or something. I don't want to hear about it like twenty years in advance. If only don't tell CD- me Final Fantasy versus thirteen exists and then twenty-five thousand years later, fifteen comes out <laughs> with the very like little molecules of what that game was supposed to be. Like, no, just shut up. I don't care. Tell tell me about it when it's ready.
2: If only actually stuck to the coming when it's ready (laughs) tagline yeah that uh
3: that worked out real well
0: (laughs) yeah i I think it's an interesting thing with hype in video games because uh we've talked before brett has absorbed me into the world of pro wrestling and i honestly (laughs) think there's a weird number of similarities between pro wrestling and game reveals and hype because Hmm. you have this habit of sometimes a game is going to get announced a wrestler is going to show up it looks really cool at the start, and then they do nothing for a year, and you're like, oh, I don't care about you anymore. It happens yeah. plenty of times. I'm okay with that, for the most part. I'm alright I'm with that happening. But I would like to know, especially I think in the case of indies, where fundraising and mean? hiring is important, even if the, the project is going to fail. like I want to see the weird Pinocchio-themed Souls-like uh, Lies of P, or whatever it was oh. called. I want to see that trailer what? come out. Yeah, you know, this is a real thing. Go look up the Lies of P. Yeah. Uh, Lies of P, just the letter P? Yeah, the Lies of P. Yes. <laughs> it is a cinematic trailer. A bad name. About a Pinocchio souls like.
1: <laughs> and I want I'm going to miss I want that. I'm 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 going to miss the the God of War reveal, which is probably one of yeah. the greatest video game reveals. I have ever seen. It has everything. It has a surprise reveal that caught everyone off guard. It had gameplay that was actually accurate to the game <laughs> and like mm. sequences that were actually from the game itself and not just fake, you know, BS. It was it was amazing. And and I miss a lot of Sony stuff cuz they like- have these like they had these awesome orchestras to like transition you to whatever game they're talking about. They would theme, they would really theme their presentations and stuff like that. It was these gorgeous sets. And now they don't do them. I'm, I'm going to, I think above all else, I'm going to miss the pageantry. Yeah. That's what I'm going to miss because even if, even if E3, it, 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 a lot of the times, again, it's, uh, you know maybe releases like things are, are are announced too early you know that sort of thing there is this sort of like performance aspect this pageantry to it that we're just not gonna get from other shows at this point point. Yeah. and i'm gonna miss that a lot because i love a showman if you if you give me a good time even if the game announcements aren't that fun if you can give me a good show i'm totally fine with that
0: and it's like i know personally i found out about a ton of cool games that i never would have had my eye on because of E3. like There was the Generation Echo or something, Echo Generation might have been called, that was the pixel art game that was shown off at ID and Xbox. Like All sorts of crazy games that I would never have thought of I, are things that I end up watching because I'm down to watch an E3 conference that's like a hour, hour and a half of games news being thrown at me. and I'm like, okay, not all of this is going to be great, but there's going to be one or two important things here and I'll probably learn some cool stuff. Uh, And I think the lack of that is going to be the real killer here, because I I think if they are spread out over the course of a couple of months, what's going to happen is there's going to be a lot less interest. These events are going to stop serving their purpose as advertising and investing events, and then they will stop existing altogether. That's my like sort of pessimistic view of the, the route that we go without a centralized summer of games kind of event is that we're just going to stop having these things and then games are going to come out and I think it's going to end up in a decline in people playing them because people don't know about them.
1: So and and I'm going to say this too cuz I actually have some experience with going to an actual like E3 before. I believe it was I went in 2017. Uh, I wasn't there I wasn't there for the big like press conferences and stuff because those are obviously only available for press. So I watched those with my friends um you know when I was at the hotel uh, in, you know, um, in California, but then I went there and it was so cool at, at the time because I just started college. Right. And, and it was so cool to be that close to an industry that I never thought I would like ever be that close to. Right. It was, it was such a, again, there was pageantry to it. There were giant, like statues of like, um, of demons from doom there was this whole set for fallout 76 this is before the game came out so you know i guess people were still excited for it but like there was this whole set of like inside a vault and there was a bunch of people dressed up and they were all like in character and they were like oh you know how how was your day and they were all in character. it was so cool and it, it was it's or i i tried this like vr gatling gun and just all this cool stuff and i just Again, that's that's something I'm going to miss because I, I always wanted to go back for another, like, you know, on the showroom floor, you know, I mean, E3 experience. I will add the, that. the
0: showroom floor stuff is still going to exist in the form of, like, PAX and other events because those right. are always very similar. E3 was just a kind of a bigger version of a lot of those, but uh, you can do a lot of the stuff you just described at a, at a PAX event that happens across right. the country. So the, those types of things will still exist, uh, especially because E3 is. As much as they attempted to be a consumer press conference has never been a consumer press conference and never really succeeded at trying to do that very much um i just think if thinking back to when final fantasy 7 remake was announced the very first e3 they showed off that trailer the level of just like sheer surprise across an entire room full of people to me is comparative to the level of surprise when like cm punk debuts on Rampage. You know, you look and you see, oh, this super important individual that no one ever thought would come back is here. This crazy game that shaped an entire, like, generation of people that play video games is coming back in this new form. And I think having a a no audience for that, and this wouldn't have happened this year anyway, because it's a digital event, right? But I challenge Mm -hmm. anyone to go watch the uh, game trailers GT, Kyle Bosman, reacting to the E3, where they announce World of Final Fantasy... A little chibi Pokemon Final Fantasy game, and then five minutes afterwards, announce back to back Final Fantasy 7 remake and Shenmue 3. The sheer reaction of that is just something that I think bring will bring joy to anyone, even if Shenmue 3 does not is not a good game. <laughs>
1: well, you want a, you want a closer comparison to you know the, the kind of experience you get with wrestling. Keanu Reeves during the Xbox yeah. event for Cyberpunk. Listen, Cyberpunk Doesn't came matter out of disaster. <laughs> that was one of the coolest moments in any E3 like event ever. Was, I think
2: you could say it was breathtaking. It
1: was breathtaking. It was. It was. It was it was a great moment. And every time every time Cyberpunk showed up because it would come up and out of nowhere it would like hack the the uh, the event or whatever and there was these cool like out of nowhere reveals of gameplay or whatever. It just it was so cool, man. It was so much fun. <laughs> See,
3: I'm 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 the total opposite because I, I have just like any time that they bring in like the celebrity, it's like you never played a video game in your life. What the hell are you doing here? <laughs> even if you're in the game or whatever, like, okay, that's cool, but like... like even
2: said that he hasn't played Cyberpunk. <laughs> that's
0: why See, it, yeah, I enjoy it. he never it played so it after much. saying he had played it. I just love the insane upside it. down world that happens when Keanu Reeves comes out and goes, Cyberpunk, in front of a room full I of people. I gotta, t- I gotta tell you
1: about something.
0: <laughs> it's the, to me, that's like the funniest thing I've ever seen. I, yeah, it doesn't tell me anything about the game, and I don't care that I don't know anything about the game, because it's an entertaining five-minute sequence of things happening that I would not have seen anywhere else. Because I think, given the opportunity, execs a lot of these companies... The, the people that are the pencil pushers and not the people developing the games don't really care about the pageantry. They just care about numbers, right? They're, the people. Their job is to care for the numbers. And the numbers go up if you don't spend money on a press conference. But I think alternatively, you're going to see a decline in interest after that. So I think it's a short-sighted thing if we don't have any replacement for these.
2: One of the other things that I've been thinking over is we were talking about the Keanu Reeves moment I'm perfectly willing to give up another event or happening of that magnitude if it it means
0: no more Cosby booths yeah yeah I do think it's the question of like the E3 show floor and the E3 press conferences are separate Things for the most part and so when you're thinking of like at least when i think of e3 and i think when most people think of e3 the actual convention itself isn't really what comes to mind unless you've been there like Wyatt has i don't think it's a really important factor of it because for the vast majority of people it is an unachievable thing to, to visit i i
2: haven't but in my mind they still exist together you wouldn't have one without the other
0: well i mean we did For years, we had we had just E3 the the press conference, right? It's not a consumer event.
1: Was not a yeah. E3 was not a consumer event. It started off not being one, and then it was, and then it wasn't, and then it was again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because people (laughs) expressed interest in going to it that weren't journalists, so they were like, "All right, we'll we'll make this more of a open event to people." Realized that was a massive undertaking that cost them a lot of money and didn't really return anything, so they stopped doing that, and they were like, "Oh, we'll do it again anyway." And so they they waffled back and forth on that Mm. a bit, but. I do think the essence of E3 is not the convention itself. It's the press coverage that comes out of it, right? That, that's the interesting part. And mm-hmm. we still will get that without E3, right? We'll get that, but it'll be spread out over the year. I think that lo- lack of centralization is going to lead to a lot of people losing interest and a lot of announcements getting lost in the because I don't care about indie game number 23 if it's just a trailer that drops on YouTube. I care about any game number twenty three when it's a sizzle reel in the middle of the Microsoft E3 press conference, and I'm like, oh, that looked that like two frames I saw looked really cool. I'm gonna go look that up.
1: I would not have had as much interest in uh tunic if it hadn't been announced because I believe it was announced during E3 and it had a whole section for it at like. Yeah, it was announced at E3 and, like six years ago. <laughs> Yeah, huh. and and it 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 had that game like front and center. it was like one of the first things they showed off too, which was great. Um, yeah. and I'm and I'm so glad that you know they were able to show it off when they did, and they had it at such a big event with so many eyes on it because I feel like the game just wouldn't have done as well if it didn't if it didn't have that spot.
0: Yep. All right, I'm sure we'll revisit our discussion about the the presence or lack of presence that E3 has once E3 time rolls around, and we feel the. Suspicious missing link of the summer, but for now, I want to move us on to talking about hype cycles and games news and game reveals, especially. Because there's a couple of things I want to bring up from the last E3 that I think are, are interesting little things that we just haven't heard anything about where I have to go, why was this announced? So, you all remember the uh, the little game that had a nice CG trailer I believe it was by, uh, I want to say Avalanche was doing it, the, the Just Cause guys. Good old little game by the name of Contraband. Does anybody remember uh, this game? I do. No. I do.
1: I'm impressed with do I don't you know do why, I, but I do. <laughs> it just had a little- I forget little... many, many important things in my life, but for some reason, <laughs> I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, it is Avalanche Studios. A little trailer for Contraband. What? What is this game? Why why do we just get this trailer, the CG trailer back in June of last year and then just nothing? This is this to me is the question mark, right? And I think this is where I am on Brett's side of if you're revealing a game, show me the game. Like at yeah, least a little and, bit.
3: And if you're gonna do show it within
0: me... Go like ahead. less than a year
3: of it coming out, probably like Look, Nintendo I just... tends to do most of the time
0: i think the the furthest I am willing to allow a cG trailer to go right is I think redfall the uh the new arcane project that's the right open world immersive vampire sim type thing. vampire immersive saner one I think that is as far as you can push a cG trailer because we didn't see actual gameplay, but I think we all have a decent mm-hmm. idea of how the game will play from that trailer, right. Mm-hmm. I, I just like the looks of that finishing. steak railgun. Yeah, like we, we have a good handle on what that game likely is without the need to see real gameplay. I think that's okay. Contraband showing up and just doing this little throw-on-the-ground briefcase with a bunch of bullets. In I don't care. I'm out. Yeah. I, I don't know what's, what's going on here. That, to me, is the
1: last. That was at a Bethesda show, wasn't it? Uh, Contraband, I think, um, was
0: also the Xbox conference. Okay. The way you're describing well, the, the, the CG... Bethesda, last year, the Bethesda and Xbox conferences were the same thing. So The way you're describing right.
2: this CG trailer, it just sounds like it's going to be Payday, but under a different name.
0: That sounds like it's going to be... Because you don't know. Weird Just Cause again. I don't... Yeah. It's a co-op smuggler's paradise. What does that mean? That doesn't mean anything to me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if you are a sequel, you have a bit more leeway here where you can do the Outer Worlds yeah. 2 thing. Where, all right, we're just going to announce there's another Outer Worlds. It's for the same reason I don't have a problem with Bethesda doing the Elder Scrolls VI, like, five-second reveal. Because people would not shut up asking, is there going to be an Elder Scrolls VI? And are like, yeah. fine, fine, here's five seconds for you to go make three years of video content off of while we make Starfield. <laughs> uh, <it> plan <laughs> works perfectly. <laughs> so, I, I think in, in a sequel case, it's a much different thing. Um, but then you come back to sequels of, like, Final Fantasy games. If I see a CG trailer for a Final Fantasy game, I don't know what's going on. Those games
3: change yeah, every time.
0: Um, oh, does why it I really like... like thirty
3: times mid-development
0: sometimes. <laughs> Final Fantasy sixteen showed us gameplay. Now I don't know where that game <laughs> is. <laughs> I don't know that's, what's going on with Square. That's that's the thing
3: for me is because you have, I mean, you have fifteen of them. There's going to be a sixteen. Yeah, it's just, just a question of when, and I don't think it hasn't gotten delayed. It's just we've never got a date in the first place, so it's just yeah. keep we're waiting. We're we're in flux the, the right heavy now.
0: suspicion right now is that Forspoken's delay has delayed 16 just by association of them not wanting to release just, two yeah uh, not overlap creative was... team games at the same time.
2: Yeah, I, I'm sorry Pretty this busy, this is yeah. bugging me, and and I hope it's just a, a quick aside. The how, what was that? For for lack of a better word, um, what was that scrolls like game that that a- wasn't A-Vowed. an Elder Scrolls?
0: Avowed, that's the one. Yeah, the Obsidian, uh, Elder Scrolls style. Has there been any RPG? news on that lately? That no. was an announcement trailer. So, yeah, Avowed to me is another one of those ones that sits in a weird spot where I think maybe they should have held off a little bit. Yeah, on it, especially because we know Elder Scrolls Six is coming. I think Avowed need needs to wow us on its next appearance to like justify. Apparently, it's,
2: it's apparently it's still coming in 2022. Good luck.
0: <laughs> There's no uh, way. There's look,
2: no way. Uh,
3: maybe that is <laughs> wishful be, thinking.
0: We are early in 2022. We are just at the start of April. There is a but habit. Don't picture it coming. But there is a habit of a lot of studios. They'll wait until E3 time to announce a game releasing in November. That's generally the the kind of cycle that a lot of studios will follow. So I would not be surprised if Avowed is launching December, October, November, like that area of this year. I don't think it's going to launch any sooner than that. Absolutely not going to hear about it, and I would not be at all surprised if it's delayed until 2024. So we know nothing about this game. Uh, and obsidian is working on so many things already they got grounded uh they just came out with uh something else too they're working on like three separate projects at the moment i think they were confirmed to also be working on one that's not announced yet so obsidian their, is very their,
2: their team has been growing though right i i still yeah, don't that's gonna like say that you know they They're, have Xbox they're, money they're gonna get now, things so they're, out they're sooner, but...
1: there's also this this weird and, and I've been thinking about this at the back of my head because you were talking about like, oh, sequels can get away with not showing this much because we know what to expect, which I w- I've been going down this like mental rabbit hole of like there's only so like there's moments where even that doesn't really work because sometimes a sequel can change so much where if you are they're promising a lot for it to be really. Well, that was the Final Fantasy example, guess- right? because You
0: don't know what to expect right. from a Final Fantasy sequel.
1: The thing-, the thing that stands out in my mind is uh, Beyond Good and Evil too. Which, great. first of all, great example.
0: what's, what's going on with we've that? We've seen Where is gameplay that? of that game, and I don't know what that is.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've seen gameplay, and we still don't know what it is. It's, it looks so different from the first game. Just structure, gameplay, everything about it. And also, we just haven't heard anything from it in like I,
0: three years. I need to remind people, yeah. Beyond Good and Evil I, 2 launched a <laughs> crowd-sourced art program to get people's art into the game that are not developers basically for free. So this is a weird I one to think, look
2: at, right? I feel like I heard something where it's where it's been officially you know said that it's in development hell.
0: I mean, it is regardless
1: well, of what it, it is. Well, it has been. It has been for a really long time because it was in development way before they announced it 5-6 years ago and then it was shelved and then they surprise brought it back and now it's in development hell again. <laughs> yeah did we mention this was an ubisoft game (laughs) it's
0: just such a weird case because the the lead developer is now off the project who was the most interested in like oh no did it yeah so the big partnership they had was beyond good and beyond good and evil partnered with something called hit record which they would collect essentially artwork and assets uh from users and they get like a commission essentially if they are chosen to be used but they massively crowdfunded a bunch of assets to populate this world now i don't call this out because i think it's a bad idea um i think there's a lot of legal gray area with this especially asking artists to do art at the possibility of
1: being paid maybe yeah
0: um, at the that's same time, contract like, that's
1: dangling technology. a carrot right there. <laughs> I do think there's uh-huh. plenty
0: of like fan artists that would be doing this art anyway. And for them, it's not really, I think, a, a major thing. If if you're a huge fan of Beyond Good and Evil and you're going to make some art of it anyway, at least now you might get paid at some point <laughs> for doing some art. Uh, it's interesting. I think it's the kind of thing that just really is a unique take on this that could become a cool thing in the future if a company were to do this a little bit more groundedly and, and like actually have this massive effort of getting a lot of creative creative people outside of the games industry to contribute to it i think it, it allow it would allow you to do a lot of stuff and populate a world in a very interesting way
1: you know i was for what legal landmines <laughs> you know what else All would make this it. a lot you know what else would make this whole program a lot cooler
0: if the game actually came out? we had any indication oh. of the game being real? <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> oh.
0: Now, I don't know if this still exists. Because I don't... That was a neat CG trailer and all.
2: Where game?
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess they used it. Because it does say payments could, per, paid to date $50,000. So they apparently Ubisoft has paid $50,000 to various artists... For use of their assets in Beyond Good and Evil 2, whether or not that game ever releases. So it's just an interesting little little tidbit, side tangent. I
1: just want to see by if the way, game's gonna come out. By the way, I'm reading an article right now that was published uh, 9th of February this year that says it's still in pre-production.
0: Oh, we've seen gameplay though. That's oh. not what you call pre-production. <laughs> I don't not a, we've, i've seen gameplay have we we have we have there's like a 10 minute gameplay trailer out from beyond good and evil 2 from like three years ago
1: which so we, confirms that whatever that gameplay trailer was complete bs because yes, if they're still in pre-production that was some like anthem reveal level like bs
3: yeah or <laughs> or it's just straight up like uh like halo 2 reveal bs where that is not going to be what the game is like at all anymore okay enough time has yeah passed, so we've weird.
0: gotten multiple gameplay trailers we've gotten a gameplay trailer three years ago that's like four minutes long uh, we've got a 24 minute gameplay demo from 2019 like just all sorts of wow. weird levels of stuff that are being i remember them having a
1: i remember that they did some sort of thing too where they were showing off the ships that you could fly around and the game yeah. looked rough it looked well this rough. gameplay trailer i'm looking at now
0: <laughs> looks very rough uh, now that i'm seeing yeah. it because you can see none of the characters have shadows uh so that's ah. that's an immediate tell they are rotating between a tiny ui on the bottom left of things it's just a i don't know how this game you know is what this makes me release but
1: you know what this makes me think too because there there's the whole thing of like okay this game was clearly released way or announced way too early yeah. right there are some examples there's ones where where that is less frustrating. One that comes to mind to me is Witchfire. If anyone remembers Witchfire, yeah, which was it had Get one out, trailer. Yeah. No, it had one trailer, <laughs> and it was this. It was this really cool trailer where you, it was like a. It looked like a walking simulator at first. I was like, oh, by the guys that brought you i think it's vanishing of Ethan Carter, right? And you were walking around. It's like, oh, it's a, it's a walking simulator. And then the guy pulls out this giant revolver and starts shooting. It was like, oh, also by the studio that brought you like. Bullet storm and all this stuff. And it was this cool reveal. And that was like what, twenty seventeen? I think you were about
2: to say years ago. <laughs> years ago. <laughs> it was a while back. We haven't
1: we haven't heard anything outside of very brief, like very small development logs and, and them From talking about like Right. And and people have been asking about it. They've they've released like 10 second clips of like gameplay of maybe it's someone like fanning a revolver or something. And all they said is like, listen, development's fine. We just have nothing to show off right now. So we're not even going to bother, which is the right attitude to have for something like nice. this. You have a, That's you fine. have a cool trailer with this fun little gimmick, this fun little switch, a little surprise. And then you're like, we're still working on it. We'll announce something when we have something to announce. Bye-bye. Yeah, <laughs> we do have a tentative
0: date for it. We have a, a tentative date of an early access release in Q4 of this year.
4: Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: So still no idea when that's, this guy's actually going to come out, but
3: multiple layers <laughs> removed that gives them a multiple lot of padding. Yeah, yeah. In case something goes wrong. What
1: game? Mm-hmm. What game was that? A was that a show recently where the release date was like twenty whatever or something? Do you remember that? Like right? Or something? Oh. No, 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 no. They were no, like or no, oh, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember God, what
3: that? Was that?
1: Was, uh, I do remember. You know that. That. I don't I remember what I'm talking about, right? was it. Was at a three trailer? Which uh, is both. Which it was probably like a Devolver Digital game or something. it was like that's that's funny that's funny and kind of self-aware and also like we're giving ourselves the time that we need it's coming out sometime within this century <laughs> which is both funny but also again gives you that breathing room you know? yeah
0: i don't remember what this is but i do know exactly what you're tar- talking about uh all right so talking about those we- we've gotten some of the the in development games out of the way I do want to refocus and look a little bit at cyberpunk because we, we've talked about Keanu Reeves coming out. It's been a year, just about a little over a year since the game cyberpunk still hasn't come out yet.
4: <laughs> the game still hasn't come out yet; it's been delayed yet again.
0: Uh, I played it five minutes ago before the podcast. So, how'd you get your hands on a copy? <laughs> well, look, he's played the pre-release version. The final game has not come uh, out yet. Yeah, super buggy. Uh, I do think cyberpunk in a better universe is both an example of how to perfectly advertise a game and how to horrifically advertise a game. Yes. Because Cyberpunk, I think, if that game had not set itself up with such lofty expectations, entirely their own fault, right? Like, this is not the fault of people overhyping themselves. This is the fault of their trailers talking about a bunch of features that are not in the game or never in the game, and they knew they couldn't do Right, there's a whole slew of reasons as to why this was not done successfully. If they just hadn't mentioned those, people would still be super excited and I think wouldn't have been disappointed in the game.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I... the, the the hype train for Cyberpunk is really interesting, right? Because oftentimes when a game is being announced, it's got like a couple of like super hype-filled trailers, and then the game comes out and it doesn't live up to expectations, right? And yeah. there's a lack of transparency there. The weird thing about Cyberpunk's hype train is that it had no transparency, but also a lot of transparency at the same time. We it's very it strange because now, well, is, it, it, did is and that... it didn't, it yep. didn't, it didn't, because there was plenty of things where like, okay, this feature, clearly not in the game. You talked about this thing, like complex crowd AI, not in the game. But there, there were also times where they're like, okay, like, we're just going to make an announcement Wall running is not going to be in the game. And they were very clear that there's yeah. just some features that we're taking out. Yeah, and I, think, I, I
2: feel like it, it. It was the point where, like, you could tell all of the, all, all, all of the, the, the teasers would lie, but in dev Q and A things, they, they tell the truth about what would actually be in there, unless I'm mixing those two up. It's,
0: it's I think it's, it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's harder because dev Q and As are always risky. I think speaking as, because all of us have probably been part of dev Q and As before on a smaller scale. When you're doing a dev Q and A generally, unless you, it is a prepared Q&A, you don't know what they're asking you. So yeah. you might just have to come up with an answer on the spot. And in that case, you, you, you have to basically rely on a lot of intent things and be like, well, this is what we want to do and what we're mm-hmm. planning to do. But if your game's in development, you don't know if it's going to work, right? Especially yeah. at a small scale. So I think with indies especially, that's just an unreliable thing. Like, a perfect and- example is Star Wars Skywalker Saga because they said... Mm-hmm. People are pointing to an interview from 2019 about them talking about, oh, yeah, we're going to have character creation, we're going to have all this stuff. They don't, because something clearly happened during development, and like, yeah. I don't blame them for that, but doing that interview, you need to be careful what you say, because anything you do uh, add-on is essentially a promise that the dev team is now going to have to break to release the game, right? Yeah. So you really need to know kind of what your limitations are and make sure not to oversell people.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: A game that's why a lot of the time, like people will be asked if a game exists, right? Like before Diablo 4 was announced, uh, everyone constantly constantly asking, Is Diablo 4 in development? The reason they don't tell you yes or no, even though the answer is yes, right? Everyone knows Diablo 4 is coming, is because there is always the chance that the project implodes at any given mm -hmm. moment, right? So
1: Project imploding at Blizzard? Oh, what? Oh, crazy. <laughs> That's insane.
3: <laughs> I I do think though that the what, what you brought up, Wyatt, about that strange mixture of like things that appear to be very transparent versus things that end up not being in the game it has has that same like psychological effect with the audience as uh, the way that uh, in the Metal Gear Solid games, Kojima will mix real historical events and then in the same cutscene on the next slide. He'll have like like a picture of a character from the game saying that the they Fox were part of like, a real scientific project. It, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it's like it it works it works for the game in a positive way because it's blending reality and fiction in a way that makes the fiction more like it heightens it to so it feels more real. And it also the parts that are true, you probably didn't know that before. So now you know it it affects your your real life perception of like oh man those 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 nukes sure are bad gosh darn it. But <laughs> and then there's
2: a giant in, whale on fire somewhere.
3: in in this example it is it has the opposite effect because it, it it all you have that appearance of transparency where the devs are willing to show you this isn't working out this isn't working this isn't working out why didn't they say this isn't working out about all those other things that weren't working out because they didn't it feels like well, okay, they didn't mention it as a thing that wasn't working out. It must be working. Uh, It must be in the full game when it comes Uh, out. And when it's not, you have the meshing of fact and fiction in a very negative, negative way that got people to believe a lot of things. It's just, it's so weird. And that's That's why why nobody
0: can believe Peter Molyneux anymore, right? Peter Molyneux ruined his reputation based on promising things that were not in the games or that were things that no one cared about. Yeah, okay, I can grow a tree in real time in Fable 1. Why? Wow. No thanks. (laughs) Uh, That doesn't serve a purpose even to anyone. (laughs) uh, Oh wow. There are Um, some moments.
2: Virtual property.
1: I would love Uh... to have I would love to have an animator do this this bit where like Peter Molyneux walks on stage and starts making all these promises in Fable, and then all the devs back in the studio are like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) Same. <laughs> yep. and i i have
0: to wonder is this gonna be the case with starfield because i think starfield mm. is banking on the same thing right now where todd howard is making promises because starfield is his dream game right that is the game that what? he became yeah todd howard has stated that starfield is like the game about... that he always wanted to make it, it is the game oh. that he wanted to develop when he was a kid and like it's the thing that he wanted to create with his studio so they this is the passion project for him and like about right that, right?
2: I'm the only th- I'm not hoping for any I'm not hoping or expecting for any types of mechanics or anything. I just want there to be the same amount of passion behind it as Morrowind.
0: but let me let me go into some detail about what they promised in the last like twenty five minute developer interview. So they promised alternative starts that start you in different positions in the game world with different characters okay. that you know and different life selections. So essentially, the way I take this is kind of the I think you could take this as the cyberpunk, like this three different starts that you pick from that have more yeah. of an effect on the story. The way I kind of take it is more of the space sim route of it's just a starting point. It's not gonna affect your like preconceived relationship with characters necessarily. It's just gonna affect where you are in the universe at that point in time and like how what your relationship status with people might be. So like are you liked by this faction, are you not liked by this faction? Yeah. But that then adds Okay, is this game going to have, like, reactive factions? Are we doing that? Because Bethesda hasn't really done that before. At least not in a way that has, like, actual gameplay sandbox reactivity, right? They've they've done story-based faction betrayal and whatnot, but not a system that is more sandboxy. So is that what we're getting? Or are we getting Skyrim in space, right? Because I wouldn't be disappointed at Skyrim in space... But if I'm getting Skyrim in space, I don't want to get my hopes up for something that isn't Skyrim in space, yeah, right?
3: Someone's, if you're getting Skyrim in space, then someone is lying. So
0: basically. someone, as of the last thing, has said something bad, right? Yes. What they are saying is not the truth. So I, is that what we're getting? Is it not what we're getting? Is the game going to come out this year? <laughs> All valid questions. Um, find out next time (laughs) the reason it's so confusing with Bethesda especially is they do not show gameplay of their games until they are ready to release right they tend to hold that gameplay trailer back until about three months before the release date so if that's what they're doing I'm all in right I would love to see a big blowout for Starfield but at the same time Fallout 76 was the last game Mm -hmm. Fallout 76 is one of the worst things that I have ever played not because it's actually bad, but because I don't remember anything that happened.
1: I can confer. I can confer. I was there with him. We it played this game for like
0: things. three hours, and I have nothing happened no memory
1: of it anything. was it was like it was like just it, it's the equivalent of watching paint dry. and that's such an overused comparison. <laughs> but I've never ever felt like. I was actually watching paint dry my entire life until I played that game. Like, I, I can't think of another game that personifies that comparison more in my now, head. Do, like, do
2: you can't. have control? Have you ever watched actual paint Wyatt, dry?
0: I have played games where
1: I literally
0: watch paint dry. That sounds like a and joke. And it was more interesting. It's not. I just played Such Art yesterday, which is a game where you can sit and watch paint dry. And it was far more interesting. <laughs> you can watch a tree grow in... In
3: real time in fable one wow <laughs> but can
0: i watch a tree go in real time on exegol in the new starfield star wars dlc
1: i don't know you can watch peter Molyneux walk up on a stage and pull random bs out of his ass that's in probably real more interesting time. <laughs> <laughs> and look
0: i also think why you've got a pers- personal bit of experience with this disappointment now because you had assumed that star wars lego the Skywalker Saga would have online co-op. The developers at no point said the game would have online co-op. And now you know the disappointment of feeling like you were lied to. <laughs> feeling like you were lied to.
1: I mean, listen. I mean, listen. Listen, I was in the Cyberpunk hype train. I know what it's like to, to be lied to, okay? <laughs>
0: yeah. I, mean, I think it is important to qualify yeah, Cyberpunk with a statement here that at least I think Wyatt and I were pretty happy with Cyberpunk when we played it, right?
1: I, I stand by the fact, that underneath all of the controversy and the way it was released, it's a damn good game.
0: With the you. major qualifiers I, I that we played story. it on PC and had all those no bugs, right? I, That's the big yes. caveat. I, on yes. the other
1: hand,
2: played it on PS4 mm-hmm. Pro. Um, it only ever crashed without what I thought was a reason twice um i thought you, know, you the had story like tons of frame was, rate
0: issues you had like crowd issues happening
2: yeah you got the well, gamut I, of bugs I, didn't you I, I didn't really mind there not being huge crowds i i, I wasn't you that, hadn't
0: like hyped yourself I, up for the gta style yeah, world right no that was the thing a no, lot of people got um, in their heads that it was going no, the,
2: the main thing i i was counting on was the story being good and it is mm-hmm. um uh but the one like big disappointment for me is that I on the PS4 Pro which essentially is just the same as the PS4 as far as uh issues that have been reported. Um I can't enter Center City. Yep. I cannot enter that district. It will um, the game will immediately crash upon me crossing a loading border.
1: Why would you need uh, to? For what that. what's why? I, well, I, I, I it's not like it's important. I, I honestly... Well, no,
2: I don't know, because there's not really a story beat that happens in the center city. Yeah,
0: but you have to pass through there at some points to get yeah. to the next area, so you can't really avoid yeah. it. Yeah, there's
2: there's one handler named Dino or something that you can buy a, a shitty car from, uh, yeah. so I didn't really feel like I was missing too much, I guess. Mm-hmm. I I, I'm able to finish the story.
1: Yeah. well, And you know what? On top of that, too, there's really... Because I'm I'm looking at like just different examples of like how this game was like announced versus how it came out and the hype that came out in between. One one that keeps popping back into my head as as another unique case is Sea of Thieves. So because I've been I've been playing Sea of Thieves recently. Sea of Thieves came out and at launch it was a disappointment for everyone, right? But here's the thing: it wasn't a disappointment because Rare made a lot of promises that they didn't deliver on. Anytime that they would talk about the game, anytime they showed gameplay of it, it is exactly what you could do in the release version, right? There just wasn't much there to begin with, and that's what that's why people were disappointed. It's not that they said things that they eventually yeah. didn't like put in. It's just, that's the game. Also this, like, <laughs> it, yeah. it was really strange.
0: You, I like that you've brought up a pirate game, because pirate games are in a unique situation where I think everyone knows the pirate game they want. It's mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed Black Flag with Sid Meier's yeah. Pirates. It's just that. Yeah. Literally, you don't need mm-hmm. to change any mechanics, but those two games, just well, smash them together. you got a perfect pirate game, and yet nobody has even attempted it.
2: <laughs> with 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 one mechanic ex- uh, addition, though, I, I'd like the insult battles from Monkey Island.
0: Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> See, I think that's the qualifier with all these pirate games that keep coming out and failing. Uh, not, see if you haven't hasn't failed, but Skull and Bones absolutely is, has failed. Before it releases, that game has failed because they've refocused it like six times to be either multiplayer or single player and it's going to release as a mess. That That is what that game is going to be. Uh, I will stand by that statement until hopefully I'm proven wrong and we get a good pirate game. But I, I'll
1: say this. I'll say this. Sea of Thieves is the pirate game of your dreams from a multiplayer perspective. Not a single player perspective, because I feel like a lot of people are still waiting for that. From a well, multiplayer it's missing, perspective. What?
0: it's missing the trade. It's missing the dancing minigame. It's missing the oh. bit where I could marry someone's daughter and then go take over their merchant empire and then run off laughing into the sunset and then go murder my father's killer. <laughs> right? It's missing that. That's, that's what people want. Right, that is the mm-hmm. thing that makes the perfect pirate game is that jank level of sandbox, where you get to create this like a crazy sandbox. Imagine Watch Dogs Legion, but it's pirates. Perfect game. If I have perfect. If game. I could
2: have a my name is Inigo Montoya moment in a pirate game, mm-hmm. I'd play another game in my life. I mean,
0: life. it's why every terrible pirate game sells so well, right? There's like the one's ten. So bad terrible pirate games on Steam that have all sold extremely well because there is nothing else. So, Was that
1: one Atlas made by the, um, the uh, Ark Survival yeah,
0: Evolved? which just devs. doesn't run. That game is just... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've heard the game's concept and like the gameplay is good. It just is so poorly optimized that you can't run it on most hardware at all. God. So,
1: And while we're talking about Sea of Thieves, I think another interesting point of discussion is a game that comes out disappointing everyone... But then has that awesome redemption arc after the fact, and I think if you're if you're in that realm, you can't not talk about No Man's Sky because wow, I mean, what probably one of the greatest redemption arcs of any game ever. And it's still going. Everybody loves games.
3: It's much more than me.
1: Yeah, it's and and it's an interesting discussion now because it's like so many so many promises. That were just never made when that game came out. So much excitement. And now it's at a point where I think people are more than satisfied with how the game is right now. And the fact yeah. that they're still coming out with like update after update. And the question arises now, it's like, do we forgive Hello Games for the hype cycle leading up to its release and how it and how it launched? Like is, is they what they've do done it again. If what they've done In the past, you know, however, was it 2017? So, five years, right? Do we forgive them now? And I
2: believe we won't be able to tell until they come up with a new, come out with a new game, and we see what the cycle
0: for that. They have which they have, which released. It was very good. Was very good and was very small and not overscoped. So I okay then yeah I'd say forgive them. They've learned absolutely. Perfect. (laughs) Um, Storybook ending.
2: And that's yeah. the
1: amazing thing. They came out with a second game that didn't interrupt content for No Man's Sky because they are still... And No on... Man's Sky is still
0: their Absolutely. flagship. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. They're still trucking along with updates like, no like I would business. hazard
0: most people would be willing to start paying for DLC for No Man's Sky if they were to release like an expansion pack, right? You I, I have have a feeling. you not have to pay for the updates? No, you don't. They're all free. Everything in No Man's Sky is free. <laughs> there hasn't been
1: a single piece of paid content Post launch.
2: You're telling me
1: Insane.
2: A game that is almost live service with the amount of updates that it has. I only have to pay for once.
0: Oh incredible. (laughs) By the gods. It's it's to such a degree that I'm just like, Hello Games, release in in a year, come out with a twenty dollar DLC that's like themed around maybe making the space combat better or something. Instantly I'll buy that, right? Because you, you've gotten that trust back and you've, you've built a product that I think is excellent. A uh, great mm-hmm. example of this: We have a the perfect example of forgiving a company, Final Fantasy 14. launched yep. and was the worst trash fire <laughs> of an MMO that I've ever played. It was really bad, it didn't it wasn't good. Uh, there was no reason to play it. You couldn't play it with mouse and keyboard on a PC, because why would you want to? What? Yeah, original Final Fantasy XIV. You could not play with mouse and keyboard on the PC, and you had to like use the D pad to scroll between abilities. Yeah, but, awful, oh, awful. Yeah, but awful, Ryan, disgusting. back when that game,
1: yeah, but Ryan, back when that game came out, you couldn't, you couldn't play. There, there were no keyboard and mice. Those, those didn't did exist when exist. that game came out. <laughs> back in, it's 2014. not their fault. It's not their fault. <laughs> Look, I think
0: that's the key example of a studio fixing it because. Final Fantasy XIV is now the MMO that I would say has the best reputation by a significant degree. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, And not necessarily due to, like, their own successes, but just because the rest of the market is not doing so hot. Uh, Maybe ESO (laughs) is doing fine, but, like, there's more failures than there are successes, and generally the failures are really high profile. So basically all it takes to make a Good advertising cycle now is just don't lie to your player base, and you're probably going to get a lot of respect.
2: <sighs> it, it's shameful or, that that's become the bar.
1: Yeah. Or if you, or if you do, you, you better make up for it and put in the work, like like Hello yeah. Games did. And I would argue to a lesser extent, Rare has also done the same thing. If you I mean, play of Games Thieves now compared to Watch,
0: Hello Games and Rare, Very I think big. are both in the similar situation of having financial backing that made it possible for them to recover, right? Mm -hmm. Where Hello Games had the Sony advertising budget that was originally given to them, and they had enough, presumably, in the bank left after that to devote some time to fixing the game, and they realized, okay, we fixed the game, it's going to spread by word of mouth, and people are going to buy it, because it's really good now. Um, Sea of Thieves has the benefit of Game Pass, where I think Sea of Thieves could do whatever they want now, and they're not going to fail, because people are still going to play a pirate game on Game Pass. Right? Right? Doesn't matter what they do. I I want to play a pirate game on Game Pass. is a good deal. <laughs> so, I I don't know. I think we've hit this weird point where games can officially become too big to fail. It's mm-hmm. probably why Marvel's Avengers is still kicking around just back there in the it, dirt. Call of
1: Duty. It's why Call of Duty is still around. Too big to fail. <laughs> uh, I will see
0: that 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 situation stands to change <laughs> within the next year or That's so. That's true. So that's true. I assume across. Call of Duty as an IP is too big to fail, but studios that make it it'd certainly be different. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're in an interesting case right now, where a lot of studios are being acquired, a lot of things are changing about the gaming landscape. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to revisit this, this discussion in a year or two, I think, when things have become different, presumably. Mm-hmm. So all right. We didn't right. even
1: get to talk about early access at all, which is well, a whole. That's what I was about world. to bring us to, Wyatt. <laughs> Because oh as we God. mentioned,
0: Witchfire <laughs> is coming to Early Access. And yes, I have to bring up a couple of Early Access success stories, I think, to start us off the Early Access discussion in a way that is productive.
1: <laughs> I know where this is going.
0: Because we I all know, know we all know Early Access is the vast majority of failures. Um, but there yes. are some, some big success stories. And Wyatt, I know you think you know where this is going, but you don't. Because I'm going to bring up a is little it, game. Is it, not go- is it not what? Is it not going there? It's not going there. I'm going to bring up a little game called Necess. So Necess is a little game. It's like (laughs) maybe less than $10 in early access right now. Uh, It is a Terraria-inspired mining game that has been in early access for a couple of years, made by one developer, that is the best Terraria-like game I've ever played. This game is tiny. Uh, clearly a passion project, it is minuscule budget, you can tell by the way it's done, and it has less than 400 reviews total in Steam right now, but it's consistently getting updates like every week for years, and this game is now what I would consider one of the more polished full releases that I've played, and yet it's still in early access because the developer just just doing it, they're just going at it, they're just going ham, so I think that's really where early access has started to shine is the smaller indie development teams that get enough to sustain a project from it and they can make this really unique small thing that has the mechanics of Terraria except it's top-down and there's town building and you can have a colony and you can tell everyone to farm for you and it's actually Animal Crossing at the same time? Crazy, right? Uh. Another example, Warsim. Warsim is a $3 text-only adventure game that has the most content out of any rpg i've ever seen because all of its ascii art very simple but it's a super fun little example game i think that is getting updates i think more than once a week it's getting two updates a week at this point because it's all text so the developer can pump out a crazy amount of stuff and it's three dollars so interesting
4: that's really really
0: cool so that to me is like the big star of Early Access is these weird little projects that just barely are, are succeeding and skating by on the minuscule profit they're probably making because they have small development teams. I think those are the most interesting. But why? why don't you take this discussion to where I knew you, you wanted me to take
1: it? <laughs> I'd love to. So, because I, I completely agree with you. I think there's a lot of smaller, completely weird out there indie games that wouldn't get the attention otherwise that they, you know, that they deserve. Sometimes sometimes you have a studio that I'm not going to say is AAA at all. This is, this is still a modestly budgeted studio. But oftentimes what you get as a benefit of early access is you get polish. You get polished to a point where you look at the game and it's so polished, it's so shiny that it blinds you. And that game is Hades. I'm going to talk about <laughs> Hades again, because, oh my god, I love Hades, as 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 you all know. Um, and that's a game where you can, when you're playing it, because I wasn't part of the early access uh, group for Hades, because I, I didn't really know what it was back in the day. I was like, okay. There's it's also another- exclusive,
0: the early access for Hades was exclusive to the Epic Game Store, of all things. Yes.
1: Yes, it was. It was one of the yes, first
0: titles to launch exclusive to Epic Game Store. Weird. And the only title that I bought on the Epic Game Store for like the first year of its existence, picked up Hades as soon I, as it was announced.
1: I knew that it was a super giant game, and at the time I hadn't I had played a bit of Bastion, and that was it. And I was like, "Well, it's a super giant game, so it's probably going to be really good whenever, whenever it comes out." Um, but if you're like me, you weren't part of the uh, the early access train, and you just play it at release. You can tell that there was so much work that went into just just polish and just making it so f- like fully featured and That's, having every system work. Hades had a really beautiful. different
0: approach to early access than a lot of studios where the way Supergiant handled it was development updates to the game. Actually, there is another studio that doesn't like this, and I'll talk about it in a minute. But Hades, when the updates were pushed, were very polished very complete and you generally had like when an update was there you had a new avenue of content that was fully ready Like it was near ready for release maybe some numbers needed to be balanced or something but voice acting was there uh art was there generally and if it wasn't like brand new art they had like this really cool process of creating temporary art that looked professional enough to be real art uh that was really mm-hmm. interesting where they had a bunch of base like model types they would use so a lot of interesting stuff with the development cycle of that, where it was really hard to tell that it was an in-development game until you hit the end of it. We're like, oh, there's not more game here.
1: Right. It was really interesting. Right. And, of course, while we are talking about early access, you also have to mention Deep Rock Galactic, which I think also yeah. used its early access development in a very, very uh, efficient way, in a very positive way. Because I remember... Like when gameplay was first coming out for it, and it it, it was a completely different looking game. It a completely different, uh, just gameplay wise as well. And it really came into its own thing. And again, if you play the game, you can tell that it's had constant community feedback, and it had it's been through so you know so many like uh, sprints of just pure polish. And it, again, you can tell in the end product, the game looks great. It runs really well on almost anything and it's just, you know, gameplay is super smooth, and even though there's a lot of RNG, you know, randomly generated elements to it, everything seems to work well together, and I feel like it couldn't have achieved what it did if it wasn't constantly working with its community that was really passionate about the game.
0: Yeah. The other studio I was going to bring up is Larian. Larian has had a yes. Divinity Original two was developed mostly in early access, and the way they handled it is they actually didn't put the majority of the game in early access. They would put new mechanics in the first third of the game for people to test in early access under the Act 1, like, area. That's where you got to test everything and where all the the fun stuff was, and you can play that entire area through with all the crazy quests, and they just never actually put the other, like, two-thirds of the game in early access so that people had, like, that release thing when the game released and it was all really good. You had to actually experience all that and see all this new content without anything getting, like spoiled especially it being a story heavy game you would have this limited area that's currently what they're doing with Baldur's Gate 3 which I don't think we have a a tentative release date for it might have been late this year early next year at the current moment but uh, we still don't have a a decisive release date for that it's also going through that same process where you can play the first like third-ish probably less of the game and get to experience that portion of it and then they're going to do like a final rebalance and then release the rest of it. So you have like this big surprising release, which I think for a lot of studios is super risky because you don't get to test mm-hmm. two-thirds of your game with that audience, right? But with Larian, I think they have enough money to hire testers to test that bit, right? They're using mostly early access to determine player feedback for, okay, how do abilities work? and uh, Is this fun? Do we need to change how something like attacks of opportunity work? Is there a class that doesn't work the way you would want it to? Uh, which has been happening a lot with Baldur's Gate 3 because it's an adaptation of a current D&D rule set. So they're like, okay, how do we adapt this to a video game? And I've been taking a lot of feedback on that. So I think that's a really interesting way of approaching it.
1: It's a Early access in general is, is a, it's, it's a very different way of building up hype, I feel like. Because it's something where it doesn't just drop and then surprise everyone, and there's just a ton of hype as soon as it's revealed. It's something yeah. that builds up over time. It's the snowball effect of like, okay, this is pushed out onto Steam. It's this little maybe unknown uh, early access indie game, and then it just spreads through word of mouth, right? And if they keep coming out with updates and improving it, and people are seeing that their their voices are being heard in terms of you know what the direction of the game should be, it gets more and more positive attention, and then it just, again, it snowballs, and then... By the time the game is ready to come out, there's already so much positive press around it for the right reasons, rather than just oh this came yeah. in out of no one are excited for it.
0: Or the game fails, which has happened. It, not the point. Paint early access is perfect thing, It definitely isn't. And no, the majority of early especially, access titles fail and are abandoned. So
1: especially in the early days, and and even it, it's it's it was worse when early access first started becoming a thing, but it is still a problem to this day that a lot of games come out. Purposefully unfinished and call it early access, so you know not as much work can be put into it, and they can just take their money and run. It's something that still happens today, and it's still a huge gamble. It is
3: Battlefield. <laughs> so now, now companies can do that today, and they don't even have to call it early access anymore. Dice could just drop Battlefield Twenty Forty Two, and it's like twenty five percent of a game, and they can just make money <laughs> off of it. It's, it's just an, there. It's just that's fine. that's it's, what you get. It's just there. Um,
0: yeah, I I don't know how true that is because I do think. I just decided let's. When you said that, let's open up the early access page on Steam and see what releases we have. Uh, a lot of rough-looking tower defense games. A game called Seal World, which is two dollars and is about a, a, is a bubble. A bubble. Yeah, a bubble. Uh, you Not got the a lot of things in the here animal. that I think are simultaneously rough-looking, and some of them definitely look like passion projects that I, looking at them, have a feeling will fail you, you kind of, I think a lot of people that are in game development develop a that a sense for that when they're looking at things and they can be like, all right, this is not going to hit mass market. It might be a really good idea. It's not going to hit mass market just because you can't rely on selling a game for two dollars and have a tiny audience and making enough money for your game to succeed, unless you're war sim, you know, unless you're a text-based adventure game that for some reason has far more people interested in it than it should. Uh. Sometimes you can break out of that, but a lot of these games are, are definitely not going to succeed at least in the early point. And it's just like the sad reality of game development. yeah, all right, unless anyone has anything to add on that somber note <laughs> <laughs> we got a, a podcast done is is the time is that time of the podcast where we go, "Hey, it's over, go do something else and wait till next week <laughs> that's that's Good, yeah. the show. Shoutouts time. So, shout time. what what was that, Brett? What's your shoutout?
3: As a shoutout time,
0: I can go first. Though. You you're going first now because you said shoutout well, first. Shout out. So, well, my shout
3: out goes to, and this is this is a wrestling related thing, so I'm sorry to you other two, but uh, <laughs> shout out goes Don't to. Uh, you know, listen. He he's he's been out for for a while. People didn't know which company he was gonna go to. People, you know, people said maybe he's going to stop. There's rumors he's going to go here. Rumors he's going to go there. And this WrestleMania Adrenaline weekend. My soul? No.
0: <laughs> Samoa <laughs> no. Joe, baby,
3: is all elite. Let's go. The cereal
0: man is back.
3: <laughs> he's back. <laughs> He's so mad. He came out and people exploded. The audience of like 300 people looked bigger than the reaction of whoever the heck that other guy was in the audience with like 10,000 people. I, that, that's, that's what it looked yeah. like can't, to me. I don't know if you to, disagree
0: with that, Ryan. I don't know. Can't
3: wait
2: to pour myself a nice milky bowl of Samoa Joe's.
0: We'll <laughs> confirm. I did go back and watch the Cody reaction. I think a lot of it is just WWE has weird mixing on their streams. Probably so, that. He did get a huge pop looking at clips afterwards. So I think a lot of people were happy to see him. But Samoa Joe. I mean, I, Samoa Joe. of the two, I will I will take Samoa Joe. Um, yes. happily take my cereal man. So... <laughs> the robot arm (laughs) I'm gonna steal the next shout out because I want to shout out before I forget people found today a prototype of a Gex sequel called Gex Jr. a playable prototype they found a disc for it somewhere ripped it out and there is now a playable Gex Jr. prototype (laughs) that you can find for the PSX it looks just no as jank as you really would expect gone. and I love it. I just love that the, the saga of Gex keeps giving. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Who wants to go next? Alex Wyatt.
1: I'll go. Um shout out to uh Deep Rock. I've already, I've been talking about this in general. Shout out to Deep Rock Galactic and their uh uh their introduction to battle pass and seasonal content and the way that they've been very pro-consumer you don't have to pay for a single dime and it's it's a it's a great you know easy system where uh child no stupid halo infinite style challenges that are very weird and specific and randomized uh progression feels like it's at a good pace again everything is free it's uh, tons of new content it's fantastic
0: take us home alex
2: it's me um Time time to dox myself again. Um I was I was out <laughs> walking uh Benny Benny today and I, I I kind of happened upon I knew it was going on to um the, the yearly Maple Sugar Festival uh that I live down the street from. It's is it's very Excellent. it's a very fun happening. I wouldn't know I anything to about have, that. I got to have free um like locally made maple syrup, um, not even from a bottle, straight from a bucket, poured onto some vanilla ice cream for free. That's like I went day. and bought some maple candies.
0: Yeah. Solid. Day. There,
2: there were, there were sounds cool like exhibits about- of this is, this is, you know, the process of tapping into the tree, drilling. There, there was, there was a little documentary that they brought up.
0: let just love if you could do that again I'm for that. me. So, <laughs> so I can play this out on that. Great. So on that note, podcast airs Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. <laughs> Eastern Time on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, we're going to be pl- doing some Gang Beasts soon. We're, Wyatt and I are still playing Tiny Teenage Wonderlands Wonderland and streaming that. You can catch us on a variety of places right now. As always, we'll see you next week. Shock.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Did you not realize,
1: realize
4: what, what you, re- <laughs> you What do know? you know? <laughs> <laughs>